Today is Monday, September 2nd, 2013, and this is Radio Wave. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Mechagoria, and uh, the sun came up this morning and is going down again tonight, and the world is making one more turn, and the Virgin Mary is still with us, and she's still speaking to us and giving messages. Just this morning, she gave a message to us through Mariana and Mechagoria, and a friend of Mechagoria is going to be speaking to us tonight about this message. You can choose to accept the direction that God is going to give you tonight, or you can choose to reject that direction, but one thing that you will not be able to do is deny that God will try to speak to you tonight through this broadcast. And so, turning Radio Wave over to our host, a friend of Medjugorje, we begin in prayer. Our Lady's teaching us things that we could not see in this modern time of technology and supposedly filled with communications as we've never had before. That has resulted in, resulted in us not being able to communicate. We have people that have to text each other rather than talk to each other because they don't want to talk to each other and it's easy to text each other. They follow this pattern and we actually are less social. And it's so much for part of us in our culture and the way we do things that we can't even see that. And so we have... Really, love that grows cold. The scriptures talks about toward the end, love will grow cold. And interestingly enough, our lady comes very strongly today expressing in the beginning of her message her love for us. I love this message. The message is really threaded with pure love. And it's beautiful to get a message like this today. On a day that's for non-believers because Our Lady has never said that there's atheists. She's never said there's non-believers. She only has said and sees the people who, as we catalog with these titles, as people who have never experienced the love of God. Can you imagine the poor sinners that go to hell because they never experience the love of God. And you may be the only God of love in you that they come across. And your responsibility because you failed the love. They may have, may have known people that's lost perdition or gone to perdition. We've got a Protestant church up the road that always puts things on the marquee. It says, forgive your enemy. It messes with their mind. 
love is confusing to those who've never experienced it. Because if they're harsh, they're mean, they're ugly, they even bring evil to you. Allah says, love even which those, uh, those who, uh, of which evil comes to you from. Love is confounding. Because a lot of times it's not with logic. To meet people with what they throw at you back with love. I was with a French friend named Cyril Reno in Medjugorje. Somebody did something really ugly to me. He said, what are you going to do to him? What are you going to do about this? I said, I'm going to kill him with love. He died laughing because he thought I was serious to start when I paused. You'll win more battles that way. But love wounds. Love is difficult. And love is not something easy to achieve. But if you want to win every battle you lose, you love and lose. Because that's humble. Our Lady wants us to live in humility. That humility requires us to be willing to be silent, to be willing to be defeated, even if you know you can win. I saw Maria a couple of years ago with some Italian woman attacking her, really, pretty viciously. I was, first of all, always amazed when I see this, because some of the Italians, what they do there, and I'm Italian, so I can speak that way, and nobody can say I'm a racist. <laughs> but this Italian woman was doing something very ugly to Maria, because she couldn't, she wouldn't let her in the chapel. She'd come three or four days in a row, and Maria said no. And Maria just sat there and took it. She just accepted it. And she turned around and walked away, and we walked away together, and she says, only for humility. A beautiful statement. A beautiful witness. How many people have the humility to do that? You know, when you do that, you feel good. You feel better. But when you get aggravated, you get riled up and you react back. You never feel humble. You never feel like you have to depend on God for your victory. You feel like there's times you have to do it yourself. And there are times to rise up. There's times to confront. But when you can take a path of humility, always take it. If you can see a victory, it comes from that. Because it messes with the mind. Especially when you have the power to do something. Or the influence to do something, and you choose not to. You draw forth the love of God for you, and you draw forth the power of God for you. Because through, through true humility... There is power. Power to convict, power to change, and power to win. And that's how Jesus won. Not through power. Actually, our Lady gave a message talking about that. God, Jesus could do what he did with strength, but he did it through humility. And so these words that Joan will read now from our Lady speaks volumes of how far our Lady is going to us and coming to us for love. Our Lady, Queen of Peace of Medjugorje's September 2nd, 2013 message given on the Day for Nonbelievers. Dear children, I love you all, all of you, all of my children. All of you are in my heart. All of you have my motherly love. And I desire to lead all of you to come to know God's joy. This is why I'm calling you. 
I need humble apostles who with an open heart will accept the word of God and help others to comprehend the meaning of their life alongside God's word. To be able to do this, my children, through prayer and fasting, you must learn to listen with a heart and to learn to keep submitting yourselves. You must learn to keep rejecting everything that distances you from God's word and to yearn only for that which draws you closer to it. Do not be afraid. I am here. You are not alone. I am imploring the Holy Spirit to renew and strengthen you. I am imploring the Holy Spirit that as you help others, you too may be healed. I am imploring him that through him you may be God's children and my apostles. Then with great concern, Our Lady said, For the sake of Jesus, for the sake of my Son, love those whom he has called and long for the blessing only from the hands which he has consecrated. Do not permit evil to come to reign. Anew, I repeat, only alongside your shepherds will my heart triumph. Do not permit evil to separate you from your shepherds. Thank you. A long message, a beautiful message. And when our lady says, I love you all, all of you, all of my children, all of you in my hearts, all of you have my motherly love and I desire to lead you all, rather all of you, to come to know God's joy. It's incredible our lady told us August 2nd, Maria, or rather Mariana's last message, last month, says, I desire to change you and to make you happy. Our Lady wants us to be happy. I was once with Maria, this is actually 1988, when we was at the hospital, and I asked her, did Our Lady ever tell you that she could not make you happy in this life? She did Bernadette. Because Bernadette was told, when Our Lady was appearing to her, that I cannot promise you happiness in this life. But that was at a different time. A different period of history. The church was different. We didn't look at joy in the same way in many ways that we do now. At the same time, we are deficient in many ways. But our lady said August 2nd, 2013, one month ago, that I desire to change you and to make you happy. And Maria told me, no. Our lady never said that. She wants us to be happy in this life. She wants me to be happy. And so when Our Lady says this last month, I desire to change you to make you happy, you won't be happy if you go the path you're on. And that's why Our Lady says, to learn to keep submitting yourselves. A word that is rejected. A way of life that's rejected. Fight for your career. Don't submit. Beat off the competition. Esther submitted to the king. And he came to offer things and she rejected it. Not out of 
any other reason except to submit to the king. And he came over and over and over. She would throw feasts for him. And again, he would come and he got to a point where he'd give her half her kingdom. She grew in great influence and great power through submitting. The Virgin Mary submits to God the Father and to her son. And that's where the power is. Humble submission. You want to be powerful? Learn to submit. Learn to please others. Learn to be able to have that niche that you get into, that you serve, that people can depend upon you. Not that they can compromise you, but that you serve in a servant attitude through your submission that you gain more authority, more power, more influence. It's those who are humble in this way who God can use as, he says, I need humble apostles who with an open heart will accept the word of God and help others to comprehend the meaning of their life along with side, alongside God's word. And she explains to us, to be able to do this, my children, through prayer and fasting, you must learn to listen with the heart. People hunt. They learn to hear sounds. They learn to hear deer grunt. Or the racks beating each other when, they, when the bucks fight. All these things are the same way. Can you listen to God? How does he speak? He can't speak with noise going on constantly. You won't, you won't hear him. He won't hear you. God wants to bring us to brokenness. Right? Because broken is beauty. is is beautiful. There's a feeling that Jesus had, or there's a reason Jesus had, and what he could do the way he did it. And a lot of it because of some of his sorrows, or losing souls and seeing in the future that he would lose. I was once in the middle of France at, at a community. I was invited to come stay with the founder. And in the middle of the night, I felt a burning desire to get up and go pray in front of the Blessed Sacrament. And I walked out of where my bedroom was, down the hall, Right in the, there, it's probably 3 o'clock in the morning, and knelt down and, pray, and began to pray in front of the Blessed Sacrament. And it was so in union with Christ, I felt it. I felt it through my body. I felt ways of His love upon me. Something that was not natural. And I felt it was a thank you for getting out of the bed and coming in there to adore Him. And when you're in some place like France, the eldest daughter of the church, and all the mystique and everything that added to that environment, it was very mystical, very, very beautiful, very profound. And I don't want to talk about these things, but these things, but I tell you, only because if you open yourself, if you allow yourself to be broken by God and change to make you happy, you come in more union with Him. There's a burning love that I felt. Once I was at St. James Church and I opened the Great Book, which contained a lot of the earlier homilies of, of Father Slavko and the other priests in the beginning days. And then there I opened up one day in front of the statue of Our Lady when I was leading a group. And it said, Our Lady has said that Jesus could stay up and pray all night long because he had a great love and desire for souls. If we look at those who are broken, 
especially you who are broken, and God's healed and used that broken to make you a beautiful person to be what our leads to today. I am imploring the Holy Spirit that as as you help others, you too may be healed. That God can use you as his apostle. The great book talked about that. About this great desire of Jesus for souls and to save them. Who wants any soul to go to perdition? You feel the closeness of God. You can imitate him as I said, be a reflection of Jesus. And he's there. And he's used everything in your life, everything that hurts you, for something beautiful. If you want it, you can trade your sorrow to him for joy. It's where Ali says, I desire last month to change you and make you happy. If you've lived a broken life, when you change, you'll be happy, but you'll use that broken life to make something beautiful, a mosaic of how the love of God rescued you, how the love of God changed you. And where all the doubting, all the hurt was, he can change that in his own ways, in a way that would be beautiful.
This message is so full that it's it's hard to know where to even start or what to even concentrate on in asking a question. But in the area where she says, uh, learn to keep submitting yourselves. In the same breath, in the next sentence, she says, learn to keep rejecting everything. So it's this dichotomy between submitting and um, ourselves and rejecting things that dis- the distance us from God. This is really a um, a thing about freedom and how we view freedom. Most people think that if we ha- if we do or submit to God, that we are limiting our freedom. But in the op- but the opposite is true. That by submitting to God, we become more free. And the opposite is that in keeping or keep rejecting everything at distance from God actually gets us enslaved. And so um, I'd just like you to, to kind of expand on, on that whole idea of what freedom is. Well, I think you had to precede that with the message, or the words before that. It says, I need humble apostles who with an open heart will accept the word of God and help others to comprehend the meaning of their lives alongside God's word. So you have to adopt that. You have to change your life. You have to become humble. You have to think about this. You have to go what she says. Then she says, to be able to do this, my children, through prayer and fasting, you must learn to listen with the heart to learn to keep submitting yourselves. And so when you walk that walk and you begin to do that, you begin to pray, you begin to fast, you realize the value of humility, that you're nothing, God's everything, and you can only be something with God when He Himself opens the graces to you to make you somebody. And if you understand during that time, you're nothing but a grain of sand, but even in a grain of sand, He's still holding you in His hand. And keeping you safe. So when you walk this path and begin to submit to Him through prayer and fasting and listening to the heart, then you want to start rejecting everything that distances you from God. And you'll yearn only for that which draws you closer to it. My walk was that way. I remember praying and fasting 
and having a distaste for things that I had a taste for to start with. Things that my kids were in sports. Things that we did, the way we lived. Not necessarily bad on the surface, but we didn't see it. Because we weren't listening. We didn't see how these things and these ways of life was distancing us from God. And only through submitting to the Word, reading the Bible, and realizing these these things that we do are not godly, doesn't lead us to holiness, doesn't lead us to God. And I began to reject them. I, kid my, I pulled my children out of league sports. I didn't like to hear God's name being used on the sidelines in vain by the parents of the children out there playing at the Catholic schools or going to soccer on Sunday morning for tournaments. I didn't see that when I didn't fast or pray. I was with everyone else. Filling the stadiums and everything else that we did. But when I submitted to God's Word, I realized this doesn't go together. There's something wrong here. And we began to change those things and learn through submitting that we rejected those things that was distanced us from God's Word and, and yearned for another way of life. And He began to empty our cup and empty it and empty it. But then He began to fill it because our lady says, I desire to change you and make you happy. I was just told by somebody who hired somebody who used to be here and says, <clears throat> nobody raises people that grow up like these people who do here at the Caritas. They become the most valued employee where they are. A young man. It's an attribute. Our girls here are sought after. You're not going to come in and get them. Our, our young boys here are the same way. We won't give them to you. But they're raised without the league sports. They're raised with the things and without the cell phones and without the computers. They're raised in God's creation. And they learn things that nobody else learned. He told me that other men on the crew where this kid is working, I say kid is in his 20s, that, that he, these other, young, these other men are the top tier of the, of the, the people that work there and they're going to grow jealous of them. The superintendent said, if you can find a hundred of these guys like this, send them to me. Our lady wants you to be that kind of person that just by the what you do and you submit and you'll do anything without resistance, which they're not used to having that, makes you powerful because you're humble. Already, he's been put in a, in a position of top machinery and dealing with it. The tip top of the cream of the work. And oh, he'll be persecuted. People that's been there 20 years, they won't like that. Because you live a truth. Truth is always hated, no matter what you're doing. Even if you're working in a secular workforce or wherever you may be. But Our Lady has a lot to say about this. To submit. To be humble. To learn to keep rejecting everything that distances you from God. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, whether it be a workplace, whatever you do. Reject it. That's what Caritas is. A place that has learned to submit itself to the Word of God, incorporate it into life through the messages that they explain the Word for us, and thereby draw us to everything that brings us close to the Word. Learn to listen with the heart, to learn to keep submitting yourselves, 
You must learn to keep rejecting everything that distances you from God and yearn only for that which draws you closer. Do not be afraid, because it takes strength to do that. Ali says, and then she says, do not be afraid. I am here. You are not alone. Often I felt alone establishing Kiritas in his ways as I heard it and persecuted for it. That being the case, Arlene still doesn't excuse you from it. They're here to go forward with this. So it is that we come to these words of Our Lady that change everything the way we walk in order to be happy. To love and be rejected. To spend every effort to help and be turned down. To be in a situation of having to compete to be heard and be silent. To have the answers and not be able to convey them. To lose knowing you can win rather than being political. To go to the end of the line when you were there first. To tell the truth and it be made a lie to try to be saintly and to be made out to be a devil to be on the inside and to be cast outside to be with many and to know you are really alone to give yourself unreservedly to others and be a victim of their envy to dedicate your life to a purpose and that purpose turn against you to be innocent and be accused to be stripped of all authority, earthly power, and position, and be nothing, is to have one's heart lacerated with humility to the greatest depth and receive at the greatest heights God's blessing of walking Jesus' path. To love. Come to the resting place, a place which exists to help lead you to a deeper understanding of the Gospels. Your difficulties and daily trials are not without value. Rather, they are treasures in perfecting your love. First Peter says, Rejoice instead in the measure that you share Christ's sufferings. The resting place at Caritas of Birmingham. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. Our Lady's words today, with this length of a message, you would think toward the end that she said everything she needs to say, and yet she has so much yet to still tell us. I've got the sense that Our Lady may even be more detailed and more revealing. She said at the end of this message, do not permit evil to come to reign. And we know, she said, pride has come to rule. And we know before that message of, of February 2nd, 2012, when she said that, there was a message August 2nd, 2011, when she said, evil wants to rule, and just rule the world and to destroy it. We're in a battle, a huge battle, that can only come through love and his victory. There's no other way. Our lady gave us a message that said, let your only instrument be love. 
when you learn how to use love you and you are love and you can love despite everything against you in your heart don't mean you just be nice and pretend you love you really have to love people with the heart I pity people often when I'm wrong by them I feel sorry for them I feel the darkness in them and what may my, what may befall them because of that? Because I know the condition of my heart toward them and, the, and and what they're saying and doing against me and the wrong that is that I literally feel sorry for them. And that's what Jesus did. Look what he did for you. Look what he did for me. And when I offend him or when you offend him, thank God he has pity on us and mercy. You're to have Jesus' heart the same way. It's required of an apostle it's the answer to the questions. These things come into our heads this way. We need to be sound loudly, that I'm loudly to ourselves. I'm no one. And if you're all Jesus's, then you're everything. Where our love is touched. And our lady comes down every day and touches us and kisses us with her blessing. It remains. And because he's love and God has loved us, we're changed. When we change, we can see, and when we, when we know we, we can love those who don't love us, we're free. We're free from the burden of hatred. We're free from the, the chains that, that bind these people that want to get back at your vengeance or win. When you just give up, surrender. Let God take care of them. They're God's problem. And so we have all the answers. And it's where love has been, love will remain. That's what's to reside in your heart. Once you understand this formula, there's no defeat, but only victory. This is God's path for you and God's path for me. Give me answers. Give me questions to keep asking Through the noise in my head Saying loudly, I am someone I am no one, I am all yours instead And just like every grain of sand You
Right at the top of the message, in the first, in the first three sentences, which are fairly short sentences for a lady, she uses the word "all" six times. I love you all, all of you, all of my children, all of you are in my heart, all of you have my motherly love. And even in the next sentence, she uses, she says, "I am calling you," and within the word "call" is the word "all." What? Do you think she's wanting to emphasize here or express to us through this repetition? And I would ask you to, to respond in what she's saying to the church itself. Everything really, does is somewhat of a mystery. And just reading this this morning early before it was daybreak when the message came in, I just love the way this message started. I felt the love of Our Lady. For everyone, and in fact, the writing today for the second of the month is that. The writing I won't go into because I always go for what hits me at that moment that I read the message. Tonight is a different. You can go online and read that, and you should. Because all of them are teachings. The first impression, I got up, I got in front of in the living room, got in front of the picture of Our Lady above our mantle in our living room, and I implored the Holy Spirit before I read this message, and I, and I, and I called upon the Holy Spirit to make me see what you want me to see in this message, to make me write what I need to write to inspire me. And I called upon the Holy Spirit, and then you sit down, and then you read the message of everything you prayed for. Then pour the Holy Spirit to help help you. And he did that. And so when I began to read the message just this morning, dear children, I love you all. All of you. All of my children, all of you are in my heart. All of you have my motherly love. And I desire to lead all of you to come to know God's joy. 
beautiful because we're all broken. We're part of an and we're of a product of a of a culture that is broken. And God breaks us further by breaking us away from that culture. As the lady said, that I already said, I desire to change you to make you happy. That you have to be changed. To be changed means we have to break away from things that we are, the way we was raised, the way we think, mentalities. All those things must be purified from us. Because we are the church. I think there's too much emphasis put on the hierarchy of the church. And depending on them as the responsible ones to change things. Make no mistake, the adherence to the hierarchy and what the church teaches, not the teachings of the church, but what the church teaches, because the church doesn't have teachings. The church teaches what the teacher taught us. That's Jesus Christ. Once you got that firmly implanted in your mind and your heart, the hierarchy will go with the movement of the people. They didn't approve Fatima because they wanted to. The people wouldn't let it go. They won't approve Medjugorje because the people won't let it go in their hearts. I preempted in the church? No. I wait for what they decide, but it's impossible to stop Medjugorje or to condemn it. It's not going to happen. It's too big. It's in every diocese across the world. So your question was, what does this pertain to the church? All. An all-encompassing change of the church. Why is that? How is that? It's a lady who comes to bring us her sweet words. Beautiful, beautiful words. This is so beautiful. I mean, you just want to repeat it. I love you. All. All of you. All of my children. All of you in my heart. And she continues on with this. And she ends it with saying, I want you to come to know God's joy. That comes through being broken. And so don't be sad when you're going through difficult things. Instead, turn to Our Lady. She's singing the words of Alibi with her messages. She's given us these words in such a sweet, beautiful way that it soothes us through her pain. Can you imagine when the darkness of the secrets come to us? It'd be like a dream unfolding. That we'll need her. We'll need her words. We'll look back upon them to get us through these purifications. I remember my wife sitting in the rocking chair in our bedroom before I ever came. And we didn't believe putting the bed, the baby bed in the next room after two months. They stayed there. When they left the baby, when they let our kids left the baby bed, they went into their own room into a regular bed. That's how old they were. But because I had to work in my company, what I did and get up early, my wife would do everything she could to soothe the babies, the children, all the way through. And I can remember her getting up two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, and she would she would hum to him. When our lady came in the bedroom, she began to hum, "As I knelt before you," and it's beautiful. And I would be asleep, half asleep, and she'd do everything. There's no one out there that could put a baby to peace like my wife. And if they had were sick or if there was something they were crying or they couldn't be at peace, she could it was amazing how she brought them to peace humming to them. And I always remember that lullaby she do. And it's beautiful. Seems like ancient, seems like a million years ago. But she had a a craft of motherhood, a, a finesse 
that I've never seen in any other mother to what she did to put our children to ease. And when Ali came, I often compared that after Joseph was born, when Ali was here in 1988, to the touch of Our Lady. Because love remains where Our Lady comes to and touches. It's a grace. It's a grace to have that influence, a grace to have that power. A mother's lullaby contains such sweetness to her child that nothing can compare it to her soft voice. That ability to soothe is as heaven is present. It's all embracing. And this is what we're going to need out of Our Lady. That we can feel through her words, her enfolded arms upon us. Just as little children. God knows what the world needs. And the children need a mother in the lullaby that only she can put down the troubled minds. Let your arms
What kind of lullaby can we describe the words of the Virgin Mary who comes down as mother? Often referring to herself as the mother. What must have been felt by John at the foot of the cross when Jesus told him, Son, behold thy mother. What kind of mystery awaits for us to discover these lullabies and the messages, those sweet things that come to us when we see the hand of Our Lady upon us, her kiss? Many felt it in July here. Many will feel it here when they come for the exaltation of the cross in two weeks at the cross. That sweetness is available. Whether it be a real mother, like my wife in the bedroom of apparitions, and three children that came after Joseph with him, and even her humming before that, before pre-Medjugorje. The world needs mother, that softness and that sweetness. There's a book I picked up at the airport that's going through the community now called Mrs. Kennedy and Me. The story is about a Secret Service agent called Clint Hill. He was assigned after Eisenhower to Jackie Kennedy. He wanted to walk. He almost quit. Because the last thing he wanted to do was to be on kitty detail watching our kids or be at tea parties with Jackie Kennedy. But this woman had such grace and such taste and her ways moved the Secret Service agents. And they literally fell in love with her. They would do anything she asked. They'd die for her. They became so concerned about everything and watching her and the protection of her. That something never expected of them or have that attitude because of the way she had in her ways. And while that may be a secular side of things, Our Lady comes the same way. But when President Jack Kennedy was killed, they saw something in her eyes that were hollow. And it broke the Secret Service agent, especially Clint Hill's heart, to see this in Mrs. Kennedy. Because she was never the same. And so it is how often does a lady come and see those souls who go to perdition? It's been said that Mary's come because Jesus could never live with her knowing that she didn't have her hand to save as many souls of her children because of what Judas did to him and what he feels over Judas and losing him. That he didn't want to put his mother through that. And so he's given her great graces, great power, great influence across the world today to save us, to lullaby us into her arms, to give us to the embrace of Jesus, who's opened his arms wide for us. Those beautiful things, those beautiful eyes that Maria talks about in the visions of Our Lady. That if you saw, as Mariana said, one tear from her, you would never, ever want to sin again. And so it is. 
We have Mary, who looked at Jesus at the cross, hanging on that tree. Looking at him while he looked at her. And we forget, for three hours he was alive on that cross. And we have something beautiful here at Caritas now, with the cross on the mountain. Something very profound, very powerful. And that's why we're opening up for the exaltation of the cross on September 14th. That you can come, open your heart, expose it, to see what Jesus did for you, the love, who is the definition of what love is, and what he did for you. And sense it, you'll feel it. You start praying Venus now if you're coming. And it'll be there. His arms wide open, waiting for you. Looking at me, he was looking at me, 
Looking at him, staring through me I could not escape Those beautiful eyes And I began to weep and weep He had arms wide open A heart exposed Arms wide open, he was bleeding, bleeding. Arms wide open, a heart exposed. Arms wide open, he was bleeding, bleeding. Love's definition. Was looking at me, looking at him, hanging on a tree. I began to weep and weep and weep and weep. And this is how I know what love is. 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 This is how I know what love is 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 And as I sat there weeping, crying Those beautiful eyes full of desire and love said to me, you shall love me, you shall love me, you shall love, you shall love me, you shall love me, you shall love me, you shall
My oldest son is here from Texas, and he's been traveling for, or traveling, working in Georgia for the last three weeks, and he's had his two-year-old son, my grandson, Bishop, with him. So he's been away from his mom for about three weeks. She talked to him yesterday, and she said, I love you, Bishop. And he said, thank you. He doesn't comprehend what love is. Probably he's been a little bit too cool to her. Don't want to give too much. But this is how I know what love is. When I look at the cross, when I do the stations, we go up the mountain. When we contemplate and think about the whole life of the Christian, that you come alive when you learn to die. And that's what the messages are about. Dying to oneself and living for others. Because love is always preferring the need of another. Jesus wants us to come to Him, to deny ourselves, to take up our cross, and to love His commandment. You shall love me and your brother. And so it is. We're in a time of wonder, of greatness, of beauty, or brokenness turns into a flower, a bouquet, made into a mosaic for all eternity, laid by the Virgin Mary in front of the throne of God. You children, how fortunate. I love my wife. I love my children. I love the community. I love the way our life Our Lady has shown us and given us here. I love you. I wish you a lady. Goodbye.